Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 145, and we're going to be talking about the earthquake in Chile, and generally dealing with disaster. Yeah, so um, as most of you know, we're in Chile at the moment. Uh, we're actually in Antofagasta, which is... Quite far north. Quite far north. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the next couple of days, we're going to be crossing into Peru and doing a horrid 20-hour-plus bus journey to Lima. Well, our last trip, we, we travelled up from Santiago to Antofagasta two days ago, and that was 18 hours. And it was surprisingly not as bad as I thought, mostly due to the sleeping pill I took. Thank you, Janine. so that helped quite a lot yeah so um what we're talking about is something i'm sure you would have uh would have seen and that's the the big earthquake that hit chile um the epicenter was just outside of concepcion which is a town well quite a large city actually and it hit 8.9 there on the richter scale which is it's the fifth largest earthquake in the history of recorded earthquakes the the largest in the last 50 years and the second largest in chile it's enormous. Yeah, and there were lots of people on uh, Facebook, um, facebook.com slash Indie Travel, and on Twitter, which is twitter.com slash Indie Travel, asking about us mm-hmm. and asking if we were safe and asking all of, all of these questions as people tried to figure out where we were. So yeah, thanks, to, thanks to everyone who showed their support and were kind of looking out for us. We were traveling in the south at the time, so when we recorded our last podcast, which is also about Chile, we were in Chiloé, which was the, the furthest south we went during our trip. Um, it's an island in the south of Chile. And um, we'd just started to travel north again. So we'd made it up to Puerto Varas, which is a town on the lake, and it's really, really quite gorgeous. And um, we were staying in a, just in a guest house that night. The next night was our plan. Our plan was to travel by bus back up to Santiago. And we worked it out that if we had been on the bus the day earlier, on the Friday, we would have been pretty much right in the middle of things. Mm. I mean, within 100 kilometres of the epicentre, I think, at that time, because the, the quake hit at 3.35. We were in bed asleep, and we woke up to juddering. It was only about five on the Richter scale for us in, in Putavaris, but it still felt pretty strong. Um, the lights all went out, you know, there was no phone, there was nothing, and we were traveling with Moroni, who's our Chilean friend, and of course he was pretty stressed about things because he couldn't contact his family, who live in all different places around Chile, and um, some of his friends were missing. He had a friend on Twitter who just wasn't responding. Her last tweet was, earthquake, and then nothing for two days. So it was a really, really stressful time for everyone, and our thoughts really went out to those people who were who lost their homes, people lost their lives. Mm. It was... It's it's really terrible. It's a really terrible thing. Yeah, and um, we've got some. I uh, got a link on the site, um, which we'll link to from the show notes here as well. Um, how you can donate to the Red Cross or other organisations if you want to help in the rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Uh, they reckon it's going to take maybe as long as forty or sixty years wow. um, for the country to be able to afford all of the infrastructure, mm-hmm. um, uh, both repairs and upgrades that are needed because of this. I mean, yeah. it's a huge. Uh, Huge, huge thing it's for the country. It really terrible. can't be understated. Yeah. One thing that I've noticed is that the people of Chile are really pitching in. I mean, with, with money, but also just with kind of support. Like, there are flags hanging from so many windows saying, um, be strong, Chile, Fuerza, Fuerza Chile. And um, Brothers Together, and there's a big campaign running, Chile Help Chile. And it's just, it's, mm. it's really nice to see, I mean, that it's out of a, such a disaster, there's a lot of goodwill. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of solidarity um, from people, even up here, where 
the earthquake wasn't felt at all. Yeah. And from down where we were in Portavirus. Um, yeah. So yeah, I guess um, the 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 tips, the practical things we can we can pull out of this are kind of how we dealt with it. Mm-hmm. Um, even being far away, um, yeah. a lot of people didn't really know where we were. They of knew course. we were in Chile, and so... Well, we could have um, been anywhere. We could have been yeah. right there. So, I mean, yeah, fair give, enough that people... Give or take 24 hours, and exactly. we, we, we would have been, been right there. there. Yeah. yeah. So we, uh, we got up in the morning, uh, having gone to sleep after uh, the tremors that we felt, and um, it was only then we realized that we still didn't have any power, Yeah. and um, that's when we realized that something... Quite, quite enormous quite happened. big it happened so Maroney managed to get a little bit of mobile internet on his phone and that came and went all day so he had it really early in the morning mm-hmm. and we were able to find out he had Twitter um, updates that about the it. yeah that that the earthquake had happened and um that it was kind of a national disaster mm-hmm. um we had no no power until later that day um we couldn't withdraw money from ATMs all of the telephone lines were down um, over the day, the mobile networks were down most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from that little bit of time, really early in the morning, uh, we couldn't get back online at all. Yeah. And so we were kind of we we're technologically stranded. Yeah, um, which but, is very strange for us because we're always connected as much as we can be. But we did have running water and, and, gas. and gas. And so we decided to stay put and mm-hmm. we negotiated kind of a, a room rate on our room for the day. Um, still expecting, still not understanding how big it was, yeah. and still expecting we, still we, were, we could catch our bus. We were getting on the bus that afternoon. Not a chance, not a chance. I mean, the roads were very, very closed. All of the bus stations were closed for three days. The airport was closed for almost a week. Everything was just, just the country shut down basically. Mm. Um, we managed to get tickets for Monday, which then were then cancelled. So we got um, we got tickets to Tomoko. We stayed with Maroni's aunts for a couple of da- for a couple of days. And then managed to get tickets up to Santiago the next day. Yeah, so it was kind of almost a week for us mm-hmm. from um, when we had planned to, mm-hmm. well, to be here yeah. and um, and where we are now. Yeah, I mean, so. the buses were running, but because so many people were um, were trying to move, you know, we're, were trying to get back to their family. So more people wanted to use the buses and all the people who'd missed their buses over the past three days, you know. So, so buses, and then quite a lot of buses, like the bus company that we were using, couldn't get their buses south to go back north again so it was just it was just you know the infrastructure just had fallen apart really mm. but luckily we were safe we were fine we managed to get get up there as well yeah um so one thing that we did that um doing some research after this was a good idea uh we were safe we had water uh we had access to food and so we stayed where we were yeah. um we didn't try moving we didn't try going anywhere else mm. um we just kind of stayed stayed close to home base until, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. until well, we had yeah. more information. So we we're trying That's to right. gather information. Mm-hmm. We were talking to people. We were going out in the street to see what the feeling was like yeah. um, in places like Concepcion and other places where they had no food and no water. There was um, some street violence and yeah, looting terrible. and things like that. So we wanted we to... we were so far away from it. Sure, but we wanted to stay on the street and stay connected with yeah. the feeling of of the town um so we went down into the supermarket and yeah it was it was busy people were buying stuff but it wasn't people weren't clearing the shelves and so because the locals weren't panicked um we weren't panicked either we could we could relax yeah and then craig and janine after maroni and i went to find out about our bus tickets and get some food for breakfast and after that janine and craig went to find internet 
which is good because the next thing we did was contact our family, which is obviously quite important because in a disaster of this kind of magnitude, of course, people are going to be worried and wondering where you are and if you're safe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were amazed at how many people contacted us to see if we were okay. So Yeah, in fact, really... most of our parents were asleep um, yeah. <laughs> I got right, right through it. <laughs> I got an email from my dad saying, I'm sure you're fine. Just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so it was really the um like f- virtual friends of ours and listeners to the show yeah. in in the states and in the uk that were that were you know reacting reacting yeah. quickly because they were awake whereas all our family who we were concerned about contacting were, we're all asleep. um were all asleep because it happened so. at something like 7 7 30 new zealand time yeah which is after the news and so people often don't don't follow that kind of thing yeah but yeah that's the first thing you should do as soon as you can as soon as you have access to um, internet or phone is contact your family and let mm. them know that you're okay and if you can um, get in touch with one central person who has the numbers of everyone else yeah so for example we emailed my dad and gave him all the other numbers and asked you know can you contact the other people mm-hmm. of course we send emails to everyone but some people aren't online etc etc so yeah. if you can um, before an event like this give all of your contact numbers to one person and then contact that person and get them to contact everyone else because then it just means you've just got that one contact to make yeah. and it helps a lot. Yeah, if you've got limited time or access to communication networks, exactly. that's it. Um, the next thing we did after clearing our emails um, was to jump on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a very quick way of spreading that information and post it on our personal pages and the Indie Travel page that we were fine and then moved on to Twitter and did the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And so we're using as much of our network to spread the word yeah. as, as much as possible that, that we were okay and, mm-hmm. um, and that we didn't have any, any urgent needs. Next, you need to contact your embassy because you know all those stats that you hear, you know, 180 New Zealanders are still unaccounted for. That, that was us. That, was us yeah. <laughs> that kind of statistic comes from the embassy. So you need to contact them and let them know that you're okay. Um, there are websites that are set up for that and... Um, new websites were set up like there was a, a website set up especially for the Chile earthquake for finding people mm. so um, do a quick search and yeah either like for in our experience my dad asked hey have you contacted the embassy I can do it for you and he said yes please do it and that that was done because it was a lot easier than us going and doing it ourselves yeah but we also registered on the what was the website called um, I, it was personfinder.com I think um, can't remember but anyway someone set up an app which yeah. was basically a giant database so mm. you could say i have information about this person or i'm looking for information yeah. about this person and um yeah so we just kind of tried to try to get as much information out there as possible to yeah yeah to, to let people know what was going on exactly uh, another thing to think about is um how much cash do you have mm. um we were planning on going to the atm that, that day, day. That, yeah. that was that was the strategy. So we were down to our last um, couple of thousand pesos, which isn't very much. Yeah. Um, yeah, we maybe had about yeah forty or fifty US we, dollars on us. I think um, we had enough to pay for accommodation that night. Yeah, and food, we, nothing for nothing for the next day. So we yeah. had enough for that day and no more. Yep, yeah. and um, because our bank was in New Zealand and because the international phone lines were down, um, we couldn't access it even when yeah. the power came back on and the banking systems reloaded and came back up um atm after atm that we tried um wouldn't accept our transaction yeah. and um as far as we could tell it's because the international phone lines were down yeah, so, so they couldn't communicate with our bank so that was that was a bit of a stress well, for a short too, period of yes, time Yes, it was a stress but then again we do have 
a backup. And that's why you always need to have a backup cash mm. supply. And we've got some American dollars. Not a lot, but enough for emergencies. And that's exactly what it's for, right? So yeah. that's another reason why you should always have more than one source of, of funds, whether it's American dollars or um, travelers' you know, checks or a travel card or something. Um, because when there's emergencies and your main source of funds dies, mm-hmm. <laughs> then you need to be able to access it. <laughs> yep, sure. Hey, so um, we wanted to ask for some professional advice as well. And so I sent an email out to Craig Bidois. Um, he runs fearfree.co.nz, and he's a security expert. He's trained um, UN and uh, peacekeepers and security forces mm-hmm. and does consulting for travel security for like politicians and big corporates and things like that. Mm-hmm. So um, we asked him for, for his advice in dealing with a, a disaster like this. Um, and so he was suggesting that it's really about a, a what-if thinking plan. Um, and depending on how many kind of points of contingency you need, mm-hmm. um, you, you need to kind of do a, a bit of a thinking exercise. So maybe if we run through mm-hmm. these ideas and sure. people can think about them. So first, what if we'd been closer? What if we'd been closer to the epicenter and things really went badly? How well can we communicate in Spanish? I mean, people tend to talk in their local language during stressful emergencies. Um, So it's important that we know essential words like stop, that way, or asking for help in that language, you know, uh, asking for directions. I mean, it may be the point of difference between being shot by police for looting when you're trying to help someone or or having your leg amputated (laughs) in a local hospital. So you need to have some basic basic Spanish. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, like even a, a pocket phrase book yeah. or um, an iPhone app with mm-hmm. some basic phrases um, can be really helpful if, of course, if you're going for a short trip, you're not going to be learning much of a language. So Yeah, yeah. but have, th- those, you know, magic 20 words that you learn in addition to yes, no, please, thank you, one, two, three, four, yeah. uh, stop, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, help. Absolutely. Something like that. Hospital, maybe. Yeah. Um, Craig's next point was contacting the embassy. Um, So having a location and a contact person um, at the embassy, um, because, you know, the embassy might not be in operation. So how do you contact somebody to let them know what's happening, let Mm -hmm. them know where you're at? And also your embassy will have a lot of useful information um, that they can pass on to you that's specific to your country, whether they're advising people to be evacuated Mm -hmm. or to stay put or everything like that. They are your best point of contact. So it's good to have um, information on the international, like your your home office, and also local embassies. That's right. So, I mean, you should have a list of contact numbers, you know, your family numbers and everything. This is another useful number to, or email address to add to that. Mm. Um, how good is your travel insurance? That's quite a good point. Does it cover acts of, acts of God? What if you were injured? Does it cover flights out by medical ambulance? Mm. We found that our travel insurance, it doesn't cover changes of plans caused by acts of God. Mm. So if we'd had to fly to Santiago in order to make it make our trip to Lima, we'd just have to pay for that out of our own pocket. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess that's what we were looking for in travel insurance was medical. That's, that's our right. main... That's we, our main one. We, we have time. Yeah. Um, but it's as medical and personal liability were our two main concerns. Exactly. Um, documentation. If your passport was destroyed, if your plane tickets were destroyed, uh, if your laptop was destroyed, where... 
do you have copies of this mm-hmm. data? Um, and I recommend taking photos yeah. or scans of those important documents and putting them in the cloud. Yeah. Um, upload them to a web server, email them to yourself on a, a Gmail account mm-hmm. or um, something like that. So they're, they're accessible online yeah. anytime. And make sure you've got your passport number at the very least on you at all times. So if you've got a diary, put it in your diary or memorize it. And um, yeah, but as long as you've got access to it somewhere, mm-hmm. then that's fine. Yep. And I mean, you should always keep um, leave a photocopy or a digital copy with someone back home as well, so they can send it to. Yeah. Um, how well do your friends and family know where you are, what your movements are, and um, yeah, where you're going to be? Yeah, and it's a for, difficult one for our kind of travel, for kind of the independent, make it up as you go along kind of travel. It really is tough. Like yeah. when we left New Zealand, we could say, well, we're planning on being in Chile for about three weeks and then we'll go to Peru and yeah. we'll be in Peru about a month and then we're yeah. going to go to Bolivia and Paraguay. That's about another yeah. month. And then down Something. into Argentina, yeah. maybe Brazil, maybe Uruguay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's our plan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so. we've, we've been pretty good about keeping up, like Twittering and telling people where we are at, at any one time. But then again, if we haven't tweeted for a day or two days... We could be anywhere, right? Yeah. So, I mean, do your best to keep people, at least one main contact person, up to date about where you are. So everyone, so they know where you are if something like this happens. Yeah, and also so they can um, contact New Zealand Foreign Affairs exactly. or a local embassy to, um, to let them know that you're around, that you may be yeah. impacted by the disaster. Yeah, because what and, if you um, can't contact your contact person? Then that contact person needs to act. To, to look <laughs> yeah. for you, right? So that if just that one person needs to have as much information as possible. Yeah. And the final point that uh, Craig gave us was think about your medication. Um, what if you are on prescription medication and it was destroyed? Do you know what it's called? Have you got copies of your prescription? Once mm-hmm. again, physical copies and somewhere in the cloud. Yeah. Um, and do you know the local brand of, yeah. of what it is? Because often... Different medications with the same it's chemical the same ingredients, but, it's got a different name. but they've got different brand names in different countries. Yeah. So um, uh, check with your doctor um, and get them to give you all of the names yeah. for the medication. So basically, the tips are: think about what if before you travel. You know, mm. what, what if something bad happens? Are you are you totally prepared for it? Because with a little bit of preparation, you can help yourself out a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess to close out the show, we'd like to uh, recommend once again that you make a donation um, to the Red Cross and the Chile Earthquake Relief Fund or another organization of your choice. And, um, yeah, thanks again for your, your messages of support and checking in on us. So until next week, travel well.